Welcome to Radioactive, a show for grassroots activists, community builders, punk rock farmers, artists, and musicians in our community by, of, and for. I'm Laura Jones. Happy Pioneer Day. Well, observed. We all know yesterday was Pioneer Day. And joining me this evening for another Island Wave takeover of the show, we have Kamiley Trip Harris. Hi, Kamiley. Aloha, Laura. Aloha, Salt Lake. Well, before we turn the show over to you, I wanted to have a conversation and remind folks about the Island Wave and what you're trying to do as this podcast host in our community. Yeah, we're just trying to collect all the Pacific Island experiences of Utah and build a bridge to the broader community. So anyone who wants to work with us or who wants our participation in anything, we want to share that. So you started out as one of our original podcast partners when I first got to KRCL, I think in 2015. You've kept it going through different iterations. And tonight on the show, I know you're going to talk about a bunch of different things, but in particular, Hawaiian cowboys. Yes, Paniolos. Yeah, it's a great, proud history that we have that still exists today. And it's not... it. It was later in our existence, I guess around, you know, we were discovered, I, I would say, by the outside world in 1772. So our cowboy history didn't start until 1793. And we're going to get that whole story. What else is on the show tonight with your Island Wave takeover? Well, you know, the Utah Pacific Island Heritage Month kickoff is coming up. August is our month that we get to celebrate our Pacific Island people. So I've got Nisi La'a joining me, and then Byron Stamps is returning for Truth and Comedy. We had this conversation last year around this time. Uh, um, I was a storyteller, and he's bringing it back. So Byron Stamps joins me to share some of his highlights for the last year. It's going to be fun. He's such a great storyteller, and he's got a doozy for us to share. Wonderful. We'll put all those links in the show notes tonight, too, folks. But Kamali, I kind of wanted to get your read on Pioneer Day from the Pacific Islander community and how folks view it or experience it. I wanted to uh, offer to, you know, just have you share some of that. What's your personal thoughts on the holiday and, and how it has served us or not as a community? Well, a lot of people don't know, but there were Pacific Islanders, particularly Hawaiians, Native Hawaiians here in the early 1800s. They lived in a in a settlement out in Skull Valley called, uh, you know, you know, they called it Eosepa after the prophet Joseph Smith. So we had, because of the missions around the world, the LDS missions, they brought the message of the church and the temple that was being built and our Pacific Island people just really loved this message and wanted to come to Salt Lake City to participate in the, you know, the endowments that would be provided at the temple. And then some of them worked on the temple. A lot of their women came into town and did their own work, like seamstress work or um, selling uh, their plantation goods but then we did face a lot of racism and I have to say that it's not talked about a whole lot but I'm working with a a friend of mine who's a producer at PBS Utah we are actually going to create a segment for a show that she produces and so we'll be filming that the next two months I'm really excited about that sharing history about EOSEPA and how Pacific Islanders are still alive and alive and active in our community today. And I'll put some links in the show notes to the Utah State Historical Society about Yosepa, because like you said, um, it was a community, a sanctuary in no small part for Pacific Islanders, but it was also a separation and a reflection of 
the times then. And as you do this documentary, I'm curious how that story will be presented and received here today in 2022. Do you have any concerns? Uh, no, because the people who are facilitating it are Pacific Islanders themselves. They understand the importance of creating our own narrative. Like a lot of those news articles that you'll read and a lot of shows that were produced pre- uh, before now are the narrative of people who are not us. So, and, and I love this, that the state of Utah has a push to retell the history of the people that live in Utah, there's a project going on where they want to fill the archives with narratives from the community members themselves. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited for what they're doing. And then lastly, Kamile, I wanted to talk about the work you do in our community, building the capacity of community health workers. First of all, let's remind folks what a community health worker is and then who are the partners in this program? Yeah, so community health workers are representatives of their own community. So they'll have shared lived experience, they'll share the culture, and they have helped eliminate barriers in in services and programs in our community. Um, And we deal a lot with um, eliminating unconscious bias and implicit bias in service providers. And then our community, you know, we're resilient people. We're not going to sit and fight. We'll just find a way around it. So that's kind of been our job as community health workers. And it's this position has been in, in existence for many years as promotora. And I, I want to say that it really started in our immigrant communities when lack of access to programs because they don't have status and they've had to find their own way around and create their own solutions. So a lot of community-based organizations are created around that and 501c3s are built to bring in funding for these populations that are not served. So we're working with the Utah Department of Health and Human Services. Uh, We are also in their Office of Health Equity. I work for the University of Utah as a health equity consultant, and we're working with local health departments, the Utah Public Health Association. And uh, so there's there's this great collaboration to eliminate barriers, provide access for our communities, and get community representation in conversations that are about us. And we just... Uh, this past legislation, we passed a community health worker bill to set guidelines for certification. So now we can be state certified. And in the training, the first thing you talk about is implicit bias and how to control that in you, because we don't want to shut down conversations. We want to keep having them. This is a great skill that I have. Thanks to you, Laura, and your <laughs> mentoring. <laughs> All you, Kamile. <laughs> but I'm, I'm able to moderate these conversations and have brought that and into my work mm-hmm. um, in, in establishing policy for our community members. So is there a call for more folks to join the ranks of community health workers? Absolutely, especially those working from the ground up. You know, we have this wonderful grassroots community of volunteers that if you have served your community and bringing resources to them, like if you're helping at the school to distribute food to the kids, if you're Uh, out in the parking lot on Saturdays, you know, distributing food, you are a community health worker and we need you to come and get the certification because you really know what this work is all about and and it needs to be implemented to help our service providers bring more programs and resources to us so we can take control of our own health in all aspects of health. You know, that's our work, that's our health, and that's our families. What is involved in the certification? 
So it's actually a free certification provided by SUU and USU, uh, two great colleges, you know, uh, around the state. And it's really, it's a six months. It's a six months course that you'll take training. It's virtual. And then the modules are, are self-paced. So you have deadlines to meet and a final project will you'll actually put to work your community health worker skills and actually organize something and implement it. Well, Kamali, send me a link and I'll put it in tonight's show notes. Let's get started. A few underwriting messages and then the Island Wave Takeover coming up next with Kamali Tripp, okay? Mahalo. Thanks, Laura. Support for KRCL comes from Mark Miller Subaru, a community partner of YWCA Utah and the Stand Against Racism Challenge. Mark Miller Subaru loves diversity. Learn more at ywcautah.org and markmillersubaru.com. KRCL's Music Meets Movies is proud to support the Utah Film Center's Outdoor Summer Film Series screening of Summer of Soul, Friday, July 29th at Liberty Park. Questlove's directorial Oscar-winning debut features interviews and performances by legendary artists like Stevie Wonder, Nina Simone, Sly and the Family Stone, and many more. No ticket necessary, but an RSVP is recommended. Summer of Soul, or when the revolution could not be televised. Friday, July 29th at Liberty Park. Doors at 8 p.m., movie at dusk. For more details and to RSVP, head to krcl.org. Aloha, this is Kamali Tripp-Harris with the Island Wave podcast. Happy Pioneer Day, everyone. Or as we say in Salt Lake, happy Pioneer Day. We are taking over KRCL Radioactive for the night. We're going to talk about some events that are going on and visit with some people making those things happen. Then I'm going to drop some knowledge and share some Hawaiian history with you. But first, we're bringing you another one from Spawn Breezy. Don't let go. This is the Island Way. Welcome back. This is the Island Wave Takeover of KRCL's Radioactive. I'm Kamali Tripp-Harris. This week I sat down with my friend Nisi La'a. She's the vendor coordinator for the Utah Pacific Island Heritage Month kickoff. So what have you been up to? Are you still doing community health worker job? Yes, I am. But next uh, next week I'm starting with the county with the housing and community development. <sighs> Congratulations. Yeah, so I'm working as a VISTA with them for about a year. So yeah, it's a good opportunity just to get in my foot in the door. I mean, we're already working with them on grants, but like just getting to know their program and stuff because I'm working, I've been working with the community level for a long time. So yeah, yeah. through COVID, you've seen some things uh, like our communities, the needs that they have around housing and the COVID response. What's mm -hmm. that been like? It's it's had its ups and downs. Of course, our like the Pacific Islanders, they're still high. So yeah, the case rates are still high. You know, where our community members are not getting vaccinated because of their, you know, kind of views on it still. So yeah, they're just still figuring it out and 
just thinking that, you know, one day all of us that have the vaccine will turn into zombies. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just been kind of the same. I mean, we can only do so much to influence our people because, you know, they have their own like views on what COVID is and it's fake. And yeah, it's, it's well, steady, yeah. I wonder how much of that is distrust in, you know, yeah. medical professionals, because mm-hmm. our all of our people have different colonization histories. Right. And like even even in Hawaii, when our people got sick because foreigners were coming to our land, they were telling us that it was because we were heathens and wicked that right. we were getting sick. So like, <laughs> right. And I feel like that's come over from generations for me. Like, I wonder yeah. what it's like for our other people. Yeah, it's the trust. So, you know, you try to be there for our, uh, people that do um, get COVID, you know, just keep assisting them with rental and food and all those things covid kits and stuff yeah right on you guys are keeping us in covid kits and testing kits Mm -hmm. and um yeah i was grateful to have that and now the salt lake county health department is working with the utah pacific island health um coalition to come to your home Mm -hmm. and give you vaccinations yeah that's 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 really good that they're doing that yeah, I think another thing I notice in our community, like the reason our rates are so high is because because of the housing problem, we have to live, you know, generations in one household mm-hmm. and several families in one household. I mean, growing up in my house, we always had cousins staying or church members coming to stay with us because, in the you know, on the island, it was really expensive to live. So, you know, we're in close quarters right next to each other and can't quarantine so those are some things that is that true to your experience too yeah we see a lot of people who you know live in multi-generational homes so of course that's how you know auntie or uncle cousins get covid and you know it's just multiple people with different lifestyles so right and then it's like popcorn it goes like to one person to another person and like weeks go by you're like gosh is COVID ever gonna leave this house right exactly (laughs) so yeah that's what we're seeing too um but people just ignore it and just stay home just for their safety um because you know COVID's just been overrated but you know we try to make the best of it and you know give education out to those you know because the CDC is always constantly adding new information and all those things. So, of course, we need to keep our uh, community updated because, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, this is updated. I didn't know. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, nice to know. <laughs> How much are we sharing about brain fog, like post-COVID? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, we did a couple of discussions on it. And of course, most of the people that we helped out really uh, affected them. So, yeah, they definitely see the effects of COVID and how it can affect you, you know, mentally. So, Nisi, you're our Utah Pacific Island Heritage Month kickoff. You're the vendor coordinator. Yes. So, um, of course, we have different committees, um, but I'm overseeing most of the vendor parts. Um, I also have my other colleagues too, but I'm more involved in all of that 
information about the vendors, how you can apply, um, what kind of permits for the food part, and then just other things that we need to, you know, align to make sure that they have everything they need for, you know, a successful event. That's awesome. So what kind of vendors do we have to look forward to? Just some of the vendors is cultural food, retail vendors, we have community organizations to come help share their information about their programs and services. And then we have our youth entrepreneurs. Oh, so, yeah. That's, yeah. So that's amazing because I think last year we had about 20 youth entrepreneurs participate. That's so cool. And it's always good to see the different ideas that our youth have to sell their products. But yeah, that's housed underneath the PIC tent, which is the Pacific Islander Chamber of Commerce tent. So they will be, you know, mixed in with the retail vendors and then also the youth vendors. So yeah, it's going to be a great event of, you know, a lot of people sharing their craft and selling their goodies. Um, Just some of the what do you call it, requests we had come in is the, we're having poke nachos, we're having patelis. Yeah. yeah, just a lot of local kind food that um, we had back in Hawaii. So I'm glad I met them because, um, you know, we need more of that, you know, island, <laughs> that kind of island food here. Because, yeah, last year we didn't have that much food due to, you know, the the time constriction of people signing up. But yeah, this year we'll definitely have more food vendors than um, than most years. So how does a youth become a part of the youth entrepreneurship village? They can definitely be a part of this event. Um, of course there are vendor fees. So the vendor fee for the youth entrepreneurs are ten dollars. Um, very affordable. Yeah, just to, you know, say like, hey, you know, when it comes to business, there are fees. Uh, just teaching them like kind of like the real world stuff. Right. So they can definitely go on to the website, the UPIHM.com. So that's how they will be able to sign up. It's very easy. And then we'll have one of our committee chairs reach out to them on behalf of like information they need to do and obtain for the day of the festival. Thank you so much. So what are you most looking forward to? You're, you're going to sell your poke nachos. Oh, no, I'm not selling it. I found someone else to sell it. Oh, right. <laughs> you're like, yeah. I'm not pulling double yeah. duty. Yeah, there's going to be um, tongue and jam pies. It's just a whole different mm. variety of foods of, you know, the Polynesian culture. I love that. I love that the Utah Pacific Island Heritage Month can incorporate all of our cultures all right um so like other things to mention we're gonna have some um physical activity uh uh games and things in the morning so we would have we're gonna have a pickleball tournament starting at nine and then eight a.m there's gonna be a step um a free step class from one of our own jakey siolo he's gonna be teaching the class right so if you're not doing anything in the morning um you can definitely have your family and friends come out to you know get some exercise just before the day starts and gets hot (laughs) (laughs) right um, yeah and then come back to the festival and get some food but during the festival we're gonna have a, a youth youth rugby clinic from four to six so that will be on site and then they can definitely sign up on i'll send you the flyer you can definitely sign up sign up Thank on you. their website so just a waiver 
just saying yeah. that you know you're gonna do just the of course because they're other age so mm-hmm. i just want to be safe but they do have flyers on site so yeah they can definitely sign that yeah they need their parents permission to participate mm-hmm. right now and are you guys doing backpacks again this year any talk yes about that? yes we are we're also shelling um selling shirts too oh so yeah it's gonna be a lot of new things for us um what else it's gonna be spam demo exact or just from our uh chef pomai from tarot oh. he's gonna be doing some samples for spam spam also be because we got a large mm. donation of spam because you know how people like their spam where did you get <laughs> spam donation from i don't know it's just you know um of course Susie knows a lot of hookups so yeah of course they want to donate so it's like a have, dream yeah. <laughs> yeah so i think they're gonna do some raffles on that too and then oh, right on. yeah a lot of great things we have um the the kind of township the city council of that area in, in Lone Stone um, Park come out and represent their community, which is good. Um, that's the community or that's what uh, Jake Kern. Yeah, right. It's over that that um, that section, that district. So glad to have him there as well. So it's a lot. It's going to be a lot of fun. Right on. Mm-hmm. So what are you looking most forward to? For the festival? I'm looking forward towards the food, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> So when is the deadline for uh, submitting your interest as a vendor? Yeah, so the deadline is um, July 20th, where a lot of our people like to sign up, you know, <laughs> at the very, like, strict deadline. So, you know, we will probably extend it. Thank you so much, Nisi. For more information about the Utah Pacific Island Heritage Month kickoff and their calendar of events, Go to upihm.com. You are listening to the Island Wave Takeover of KRCL Radioactive. Here's one for Nisi Langa Savea. Take me away. This is the Island Wave. This is the Island Wave Takeover of KRCL Radioactive. This is your host, Kamile Traparis. I got to sit down with my friend Byron Stamps, organizer of Truth and Comedy. Aloha. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How have you been? I've been good. Appreciate you asking. What about you? Oh, I've been awesome. So you're coming back. I love that. You're coming back for Truth and Comedy. Absolutely. Like last year, I fell in love with Salt Lake City, you know. Um, I just wish it would have been, you know, sooner. Like, Like I really wanted to come back sooner, but, you know, the way you know things play out the way they play out and yeah. finally the stars align for us to be back you know at the end of this month so it's on once again that's awesome but what have you been up to since you uh, were last here man the like commodity a, a lot of you know like i've been into like I, after going to Salt lake city actually i've been like into the outdoors a lot so you know <laughs> I, I, I paid an extra i think four days when the last time last trip to Salt Lake City and I went to um Red I think it's called Red Pine Lake in Cottonwood I think yeah. it's what it's called hiked out there um went to I think y'all called it the you you winters mm-hmm. um did that and I was like man this is actually pretty cool like I you know I saw a uh I saw a marmot I think is what it's called the animal and I yeah. was like I I thought that was a brand of clothing and and gear like I didn't know <laughs> that was like actually an animal you know so but I really kind of like really enjoy getting outdoors. So like I've been kind of 
getting outdoors a lot more, hiking and stuff like that. Um, my friends think I'm like a hippie right now. <laughs> Um, you know, a hippie. You, that's awesome. Hippie, you know what I'm saying? So I've been like getting outside, uh, like new experiences. Um, getting back into in doing comedy more. Um, so just kind of getting back to a sense of, of, of normalcy and like I said, doing more outdoors things and um just new experiences. Like I went skydiving with my daughter, which is crazy. Wow. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. How I, old is your daughter? She turned so we did it for her birthday, which is on Father's Day. So she's 20. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So combo Father's Day birthday celebration. Yeah, so, so originally it was just gonna be her. Like, like I, I would never like ever, like ever do something <laughs> like that. Like, and she's literally the only human on earth that could give me the door. So <laughs> like, so when I so it's it's been on her bucket list, so she was super excited. And I was just like, cool, I got your birthday gift. This is what I want to do for you, you know, cool. And then as time kept going, she was like, you know, as father's day, I'd love for you to go with me. Uh-huh. At first, I was like, hell no, nah. like, you gotta, <laughs> there's no way, like, there's no way. But then, I, you know, and I started, she showed me some videos of, of the place we were going to and all that. And, and I, like, I was like, okay, she'd be going up there by herself. I was like, it is Father's Day. So I, I, you know, committed to doing it. And I was terrified. Like, yeah, like, I, like, Kamali, I couldn't sleep the night before. Like, I got to be like 1230. Wow. Then at like three o'clock, I got up. I just started googling stuff. Like I'm googling, like should you skydive with high blood pressure? <laughs> you know, like I don't even have high blood pressure, but I was just trying to find reasons not to go. You know, and I'm, I'm like I started scrolling through my phone, looking at family pictures for like the past seven years. I'm like, this could be it. You know? Oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. So I was, it was, I was, I was on pins and needles. But like, I, I'm actually glad I did it. You know. What it was, was it like day. when she did it though? And Kamali. I was nervous the whole time. I was shook. So it's me and my daughter. We tied to two guys we've known like all the 10 minutes. And we going up on a plane. It was a beautiful ride. Like, like we did, we were in Key West. Beautiful mm-hmm. ride going up. Um, just it was just amazing view. And the guys talking to us, my daughter having a great time. She's smiling, all excited. And I'm looking straight at the wall. Like I'm just looking straight at <laughs> this tight space. Facing your Im- immortality. Yeah, trying, to, trying to talk to me. I'm just kind of nodding my head and I'm just I'm tight. Like I'm tight. And um, you know, that's what that took about 15, 20 minutes to get up there. But when that door opened, it's a whole nother energy. Like that door opened, I was like, oh my God. Like so you jumped out of a plane. Yeah. So 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 the door opened, my daughter jumped first. Like, so as soon as the door opened, they out of there. And, and I, I don't have time to tell my guy, like, wait a minute, can I get a minute? And um, he just kind of pretty much just dragged me to the back. I put my feet on a little platform outside and we rolled out of there. And it, it's just, you in the atmosphere. It was crazy. It was nuts. And then wow. even when the parachute hit, like he was still was kind of, hitting the parachute and going, kind of doing little tricks. I'm like, man, just get me to the ground. You know, just get me to that little strip, that little strip of land right there. Just get me right there. You don't have to do all, all, all the tricks and stuff. Get me down to the ground. It was wild. That is wild. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, I'm happy you did it. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it was exciting, man. And even like my daughter, like they show you the videos. Oh. We, got, we got her video, like she was, just looked beautiful, throwing peace signs, smile, and it just, she was just radiant the whole time. And then they yeah. showed my video. I didn't even recognize myself. Like I was like, I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> I had they had special goggles that go over people that wear glasses. 
And I just looked like I morphed into a, a goblin or something. I was like, I don't know who that dude is. And I, it just imagine throwing a, a puppy or something out, out of a out of a plane. Like I look like that. Like I, I was <laughs> terrified the whole time. It was, I was like, I I told him I'm like, don't post that anywhere. I'll pay you all <laughs> Yes. Did, did they give you a copy then? I don't want a copy. I was like, oh, this is a one and done. Like every, the whole family was laughing. The lady that worked there was laughing, like crying, laughing. I was, I was laughing as well, but I was like, nah, we'll, that'll never see the light of day. Like, so it's please. not like a roller coaster. No, not, okay. at all. not at all. No, you free, you free falling out of the sky. Like it was oh, wow. insane. I, I know like, at one point, when in your fear, did you say, "If I die now, <laughs> did you uh, come to terms with it?" I, I, before before we even left to go, like like I said, I was out. Man, I looked at Kamali. I looked at pictures all the way back to like two thousand nine. Oh. Like, going through my phone, like I'm just like, this could this could be it. Like whatever happens, okay. This is evaluating this, your life. This is either gonna be the greatest Father's Day and birthday or one of the worst. $500 we ever spend in our lives. Like, <laughs> one of the other. There's no in between. What has your life after this experience been like? Man, I, I, just, I just feel like, you know, it's just forget the fear. Like, whatever it is, is you know, forget the fear. Whatever happens, gonna happen. Whether I'm in control or not in control. Just if, if my gut say go with it, let's go with it and go all out, you know. But like, after, like anytime, like, like sometimes my daughter, she just looked at me like that. We jumped out of the plane. Like, mm -hmm. you know, what else is there? You know what I'm saying? So it's whatever for anything else. Do you think you'll do it again? To be honest with you, I might. Like, I might. I actually might do it again. I, I you know, I felt I, like it, it's, it's super terrifying, but it's actually pretty controlled. Like the, the person I was attached to was very knowledgeable. He, you know. He knew what he was doing. And you pretty much just got to, you know, get on a plane and, and, and be able to put your feet on the platform and roll out of there. And um, other than that, you're good. And like he told me, he was like, because his girlfriend was the one that was working, that was laughing at the counter that showed me, he was like, I got, I got plans tonight. Like, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't plan on anything bad happening. I, I got plans tonight. I, I, I got to get back to the ground. So I'll probably do it again. I, I would, I would be open to doing it again. I'm not going to say I'm rushing to do it again. <laughs> But if the opportunity presents itself, I'd be open to it. How about your daughter? You think she'll do it oh, again? Sure, absolutely. Like she, she had a blast. So I know, I no doubt she would. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so great. I see that. Oh, okay, you're one of the comedians again this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. So tell us the format of Truth and Comedy for our listeners. Yeah, yeah so with Tick, with Truth and Comedy, Kamali, we got it'll be three storytellers from the Salt Lake City community and they'll be paired with three comedians and then there'll be an artist, a visual artist for the shows as well. So for each show you have storytellers, they'll tell a story from their life, like whatever they want to share. Like a lot of times people, people think that it's got to be, you know, sad or whatever, but it's, it's just whatever they want to share, they'll share their story. And then um, the only requirement is that, they, that they're going to be willing to be open, honest and vulnerable, you know. And um, after each storyteller, a comedian is gonna come up and perform a set inspired by that story. And it's not like the roast or anything like that or they making fun of the person, um, but it's just, they're using it to prepare, help prepare for their set, what inspires them. Mm -hmm. And they have time to prepare their set in advance. It's not like they're doing it on the spot. 
Um, so you have a comedian, storyteller, comedian, storyteller, comedian, storyteller. I just said that wrong. You have <laughs> storyteller, comedian, storyteller, comedian, storyteller, comedian, right there like that. And then at the end of the show, there's a visual artist that is in advance created three pieces, each piece inspired by the story. And they'll come up and kind of speak on that inspiration and process for what they created. Um, and they've also um, created the art in advance. It's not like they're doing it live, you know? So there's a preparation that goes on in, in advance of the show. And um, it's just, to me, it's just a unique, very unique experience and an awesome- It you know, is. Yeah. It is a unique experience. I really loved um, that I was able to participate last time you guys did Truth and Comedy here. And you brought a team of people with you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I try to, I try to kind of have a nice mix of, um, you know, people from the area as well as bringing in some people from out of town as well. You know, I, I just love, you know, connecting with people in that area. You know what I'm saying? And, and some yeah. of the people I connect with, and just are open to some stranger hitting them up, um, about talking about their life. You know, and then also bringing in some people that I know do great work. You know, comedian wise and whatnot and, and, and kind of behind the scenes to do that thing as well so it just it just makes for just a great mix and, a, and just a really dope evening uh, yeah i love the collaboration and art so there are the storytellers this round is rebecca adams manny alvarez and keith bateman uh comedians jasmine fay and angelia walker's coming back yeah she'll be back as well oh, yeah awesome and then yourself and then artist vo wolf absolutely so That's the awesome. oh yeah, the storytellers are all from um, Salt Lake City, and Jasmine Faye is a comedian from um, Salt Lake City as well, yes. as well as artist Via Wolf, and that'll be Friday evening, and then we have another round of storytellers and another artist for Saturday evening. So how do you cho choose your storytellers? So, Kamala, it it just kind of depends, you know. Like when I do the shows here in Dallas, you know, I know people and. It's just reaching out to a lot of people I'm connected with. A lot of times somebody will kind of tell me, oh, hey, I know this person. They've got a great story. You should reach out to them and I'll do it like that. And then sometimes with the out of town shows, a lot of times it's just, you know, I got to kind of get weird with it. I'm not in Salt Lake City. So a lot of times it's through social media. I'll, I'll hit somebody up on Facebook or Instagram um, and just reach out to them and, and just kind of, you know, it, it, I might see something, you know, if, if I get a Facebook suggestion or something and, I, and I'm like, that person might be dope to share that story. It's just something that's, that's interesting to me that makes me want to reach out and connect with them, you know. And then I'll try to a lot of times send them a message just to let them know, hey, this is not some weirdo or this is not a bot, you know, reaching out to people. I don't like because, you know, I know a lot of times people are just like, you know, what in the world's going on? Um, but I'm also very appreciative of the people that are willing to connect, you know. So a lot of times when, um, for the out of town shows is through social media and just kind of reaching out to people that I, you know, more than likely don't even know. But I have had some, some people tell me after going to Solar City, hey, you need to, you know, reach out to this person. Or people after the show last time, when yeah. you, your show, where they were like, I love to tell my story um, and things of that nature. So, like one of the storytellers, Rebecca Adams, she was at the, the show last Oh, last year. time. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, um, oh, so, yeah, I, I remember uh, seeing her. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, where did I know her from? And yeah, then that's yeah. it. She came to the show and we had Absolutely. a chat. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, so that's that's the good thing about finally getting there. So now it's I meet people and this time around, I'll get to Salt Lake City early 
get out, oh. meet people, talk to people, and you know, just try to connect with people face to face. That which is the way I typically like to do it. Yeah. Hey, a, a good city hike is City Creek, City Creek Canyon. Have you been up there yet? I haven't. I haven't, but I promise you, I'll write that down and, and I'll be there this time. Yeah, it's great because you'll the capital is it's kind of to the right of the capital, and mm-hmm. then you you can go through Memory Grove and go straight up, or you can come through um, Bonneville Boulevard and then go up. It's about 13 miles. You go back into the canyon in the city. And mm-hmm. I mean, you come right back out. You're in the city again. So that's not, I think I did Ensign Peak last time. So that's oh yeah, not- Ensign Peak. Yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's really close. It's right downtown. And a lot of people will do it like for their morning workout before work. <laughs> they just okay. head up uh, City Creek Canyon and then come back down and head to work. Check that out for sure. Cause I definitely want to hit some new, some new hiking spots when I'm out there. Yeah, awesome. Well, I love that you're coming back to the city and it's going to be at Duvin Pintor Wine and Art Gallery again. Absolutely. Been, sorry, I said that wrong. Duvin Pintor. I think, they, I think it's pronounced Duvin Pintor. Duvin Pintor yeah, Wine yeah. and Art Gallery in yeah. Trolley yeah. Square. Oh yeah, yeah. Pierre and his crew are great, so I want to bring it back and, and, and do it there again. Yeah, it's very classy. And and then if, if I can ask you a question, how did you feel, you know, doing the show? What were your thoughts? Oh yeah, on, on I loved it. I wished I had said more of what I wrote down, but right. while I was up there, I was so nervous, <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of skipped over some things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I had a lack of confidence in myself back then. I, I never, I never would have been able to tell because, like, like to me, it was beautiful when you know when you were up there. I love, I loved your story, even you know when you first said it. Like, I loved your story, and then hearing you bring it to life, it was like, oh, this is, this is amazing. So I never, you know, would have Thank thought. Thank you. Oh, the crowd was so supportive. I heard a guy like bust out laughing when I said something. <laughs> so uh, I loved the the encouragement. It was yeah, no, very it was encouraging. We were, we were great that evening. I was, oh, I was like, oh wow, this is super dope. Yeah, thank you. And I loved meeting the other artists and the comedians. And um, I, I had a long chat with uh, Rebecca Adams that night. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so just meeting new people in the city and being able to meet your crew. They were awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Treated us like rock stars. <laughs> <laughs> you, all, you all are. You all are. You all are rock stars for sure. Yeah, I love it. And I can't wait to see it again. So let me just... Uh, Drop the facts the Friday, July 29th at 8 p.m. Gotcha. And tickets you can purchase online. And uh, there's a different advance price. There's a different door price. Make sure you get take advantage of the advance price. But um, it, do you imagine it'll get sold? Like, what is your capacity? Like, um, how many I, want to, I want to say capacity is like 100, um, 100 you know, people. So we'll okay. see how it goes. Be there or be square. <laughs> in the building it's gonna be a fun evening yeah yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll be there you know july 29th and july 30th 8 p.m both shows so and tickets you can get your tickets at, at truthandcomedy.com and then there's links on the um facebook event as well i love your write-up it says it's an emotional roller coaster that you won't stop talking about it's true oh, yeah. uh, i found a lot in common with the other storytellers and comedians and i just love comedy Oh, because yeah. it's a great way to learn about something in in a safe way, but it's also a great way to exercise your um, how you understand other people, you know, and okay. hearing their stories. Yeah, absolutely, it's important. 
It's so important, you know, just to talk about, you know, a lot of times we got so many things we kind of don't talk about, but a lot of us are going through similar parallel experiences. Just a lot of times, just kind of hearing somebody that might be carrying something that you're carrying too is just kind of comforting, you know, and then to add some comedy as well and some art, or add like a nice, beautiful touch to kind of balance it out as well. Yeah, I loved my art piece. It oh, was yeah. so beautiful. Oh, and I, I walk by it every day and ha- remember that experience that we had together. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I, think that, I think that was Thomas Burdett. That was the right. Artist. Thomas yeah. Burdett. Yeah. yeah. He's oh, crazy. He's got some a great vision, I think, for oh, yeah. it. The mood of his work is kind of like architecture meets like avant-garde. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah. When I saw his work, like uh, he does, you know, 2D and 3D work. When I saw his work online, I was like, oh, my God. I yes. Guys down to do the show. So he, he was down with it and he brought it like it was his artwork was crazy. Yeah, it was awesome. And you do this in other cities as well, right? The shooting yeah. comedy. Absolutely. You know, before the pandemic, we were doing it in seven cities. Um, and now, like, we're kind of getting things back going. Um, right now, we're in... Um, after Salt Lake City, we'll go to Boise. And then um, a couple right. of later, we'll be in Kansas City, Missouri, Leavenworth, Kansas, and um, Lawrence, Kansas. So just kind of, you know, getting it back. And we'll be, hopefully it's pretty soon before the end of 2022, we'll be back in Dallas and Fort Worth, um, Denton and Austin and whatnot. So just kind of kind of getting back into the cities we're in and add some new cities to the mix as well. Yeah, so you're in Texas, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm in Wiley, Texas in the Dallas area. Awesome. Sure. Well, I'll look forward to seeing you when you get here. And can't wait. I can't wait to put to, to put my eyes on you, give you a big hug for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I can't wait to see the show and learn from uh, the storytellers, the comedians, and see the art. Oh yeah, some I've got some of the stories submitted already, and man, they're bangers, like <laughs> bangers. I'm like, oh wow, like very powerful stories. It's gonna be a good one. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Byron. Thank you for bringing this experience to Salt Lake City. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm very appreciative of you, first of all, for doing the show last year, Kamali, and then bringing me yeah. on to the show today. Yeah, so thank, thank you. you. And um, just for you, I'm going to play uh, Live Like You Were Dying there by Tim McGraw. There it is. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's appropriate. Yep. Amen. Yeah, and sure. Thank you. All right, now. Thanks for making Salt Lake City uh, your destination. I got a lot of love for Salt Lake City. I, I can't wait to keep coming back. Oh, and, and then I, I, if anybody got any food spots they want to recommend, any other things they want to introduce me to, last time it was the it was the fry sauce and the soda shops. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm you had dirty soda. <laughs> I had dirty soda. You know what I'm saying? I was on the fry shops and all that and the good hiking. So I'm all in for recommendations. I think I'll get to town like Monday a Wednesday or something like that. And I just kind of want to explore a little bit, hike a little bit. And right on. anybody drop a recommendation, I'm all this. Yeah, I, we've got so much great food in this city. It's true. And our our servers definitely need that support. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think last time I went to like a Pakistani spot for like yes. some, some the food was so good. I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty nice. Right on. Well, you have a great weekend, and I look forward to seeing you at the end of the month. Absolutely. Likewise, you take care. Have a great weekend as well. You too, Byron. Sure. Aloha. Peace. For more information about the Truth and Comedy event and tickets, go to truthandcomedy.com.
Links and events from our show will be posted on the KRCL Radioactive On Demand website. And this one's for my pal, that daredevil himself, Live Like You Were Dying by Tim McGraw. This is The Island Wave. Get out your calendars. We've got a date you've been waiting for. KRCL's annual record in CD sale will be kicking off Friday, September 9th as part of the KRCL block party. It's on 909. Get it? We've been collecting your donated vinyl over the past two years, and we have to say, it might be the best we've ever had. So mark your calendars, September 9th, for the KRCL record in CD sale and block party. If you're looking to get rid of your vinyl, we're still taking those tax-deductible donations of your gently used records. Email me, eric, at recordsale at krcl.org for more information. The ADA 32nd Anniversary Celebration is a commemoration of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Hosted annually by the Disabled Rights Action Committee, enjoy live music, speakers, performers, food trucks, and vendors from across the state Saturday, July 30th, 11 to 4 at the Salt Lake City Public Library. Welcome back to the Island Wave Takeover of KRCL's Radioactive. I'm Kamali Harris. Since it is Pioneer Day, I wanted to share with you the history of the Hawaiian cowboy, or Paniolo. The Paniolo history really begins in 1793 when King Kamehameha was gifted five longhorns. No one in Hawaii knew how to handle cattle back then, so as they multiplied, they became a nuisance. They would trample fields, they would stampede down the middle of downtown and and kill people. So King Kamehameha called for solutions, and they ended up bringing Mexican cowboys to Hawaii, or vaqueros. And the vaqueros taught the Hawaiian cowboys how to ranch, how to ride horses, and they would teach them how to break horses in the waves of the ocean. There's actually some really good footage online of this. The vaqueros made a lasting impression on the Hawaiian people and paniolos. If you when you go to cowboy country now uh, in Hawaii, like Waimea, where Parker Ranch is, Parker Ranch is one of the oldest operating ca- cattle ranches in Hawaii. You'll still see the vaqueros influence in our paniolos as they dress. They wear the Mexican-inspired poncho. They wear wide-brimmed hats, but they added Hawaiian lays around their hats. They also wear the handkerchiefs around their necks. But then the vaqueros also brought guitars and taught Hawaiians how to play guitar, making the ukulele more popular amongst Hawaiians. Some of the cowboys still wear the white and red checkered shirts that the vaqueros wore. In fact, Paniolos became such skilled cattle ranchers and horseback riders that in 1908, at the Cheyenne Frontier Days in Wyoming, three men from Hawaii came to compete at the rodeo. In the Sunday Advertiser, the headline reads, Hawaiian Cowboys Win Honors at the Cheyenne Contest. The three cowboys were Aikua Purdy, Archie Kaawa, and Jack Lowe. Well, that's quite a long ride from Hawaii to Cheyenne, Wyoming. Information and links to the Hawaiian Paniolo stories that you've heard tonight will be available on our show notes. 
Sports. We'd like to thank Laura Jones and KRCL for keeping us in the loop and inviting us to tell our stories. We hope you have a fun and safe holiday, Utah. You have been listening to the Island Wave Takeover of KRCL Radioactive. We're going to leave you with my favorite from the incomparable Melvin Lead, Paniolo Country. Ahui ho, this is the Island Wave. Places I have been, cities I have seen, with concrete canyons rising.